0: Craft Beer Radio, episode 139, recorded on June 8th, 2009.
1: Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show where
0: we drink beers and then tell you what we taste. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Fair. (laughs) Greg, you called an audible (laughs) and changed our slogan there.
1: I figure why not just be totally honest.
0: So we're just going to say this tastes like beer. We're not going to be very descriptive or imaginative about it.
1: Exactly. That. I hope you like a whole show with us just saying, oh, this tastes like beer. That's what you <laughs> get from uh, from some people. So we are now tasting the, as you might have been able to tell from the title of the show, we are tasting the Duck Rabbit Craft Brewery beers. This
0: duck rabbit is from North Carolina. We are tasting duck rabbit simply because my wife bought me a bunch of them for our anniversary. And uh, they're a relatively new brewery here in Pennsylvania. Let's start with the, one of the lighter beers they have, and that is the Amber Ale.
1: All right. Now, duck rabbit, you may be asking, what's a duck rabbit?
0: Well, what is a duck rabbit, Jeff? A duck rabbit is a gestalt illusion where it could be a duck or a rabbit, depending on how you look at it. Yes. This was and first. the image can change back and forth
1: as you're staring at it. It's an interesting little illusion. This is featured first in a book called Philosophical Investigations by Ludwig Wittgenstein. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It is uh, an interesting little image
0: because it looks kind of like a duck, kind of like a rabbit, kind of like neither, depending on how you look at it. So I was going to ask you a little bit later on, but might as well do it now since we're talking about it. is it a duck or is it a rabbit? Uh, the first thing I saw was a duck.
1: And then I saw a rabbit, and then and now I see kind of a,
0: a big blob with little things sticking out. I see. I say it's a duck because it, the orientation for the rabbit's head is not quite natural. It needs to be rotated several degrees before it is a rabbit. Well, yeah, the ears aren't quite natural on where and they're they're sticking up straight. But I think the ears are right for the head, but the rabbit's looking up in the sky, and rabbits don't look up at the sky, so they don't like yeah. never. What no. if the sky's is falling? Isn't that wasn't that, that Peter that's, Rabbit that's or something? Chicken Little. See?
1: Oh. So. You see, I get I get all my little things confused. Anyway, Duck Rabbit's Amber Ale. This is a five point five percent alcohol by volume amber ale. There is unfortunately not much on their website I can go by in order to tell you about this. They just say on their website medium bodied beer, copper bronze color. And I would say it ranks yeah, it's somewhere around the eighteen, seventeen, sixteen SRMs. It's got a, you know, rusted pennyish color. I guess you could say. Yeah. Interesting.
0: That, that, that's dumb. Copper doesn't rust. Yeah. <laughs> it does get patina, but that's not the color of the beer. <laughs> okay, so interesting aroma on in this beer, and I'm bouncing all over the place trying to figure out what it is. It's, it's from like the caramel malts, but it, I'm tasting. Che- or I'm smelling cherries and.
1: Yeah, there's some there there's a fruitiness to that to that maltiness, right? There, there, there's I guess the sugariness
0: of the malt is coming through with some sort of estery aroma. And then there's a bit of a I mean I think that I'm getting some hops that are like dragging it down. It's like this this um, resinous type hop or something that is like almost like a little bit of sour in the the cherries or a little bit of sulfur in the cherries or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's a little sticky. Mm-hmm. It's got a sticky aroma. Smells a little bit like a, maybe like a little cherry cherry syrup dunked in a whole bunch of malt or something like that.
0: It really is like cherry syrup, like, like, I'm thinking like cherry ice cream or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a significant amount of hops in there. It balances the beer out Ooh, nice. It's wow. not too sweet.
1: See, at first I thought, oh, what, is something happened to this, and then I realized, no, that's just, because at first I tasted something which, which kind of felt tasted sour. Mm-hmm. I was like... Is there something wrong with this beer? Does this beer get infected? But then the more I take, the more it came through. I thought, no, this is the hops. The hops are just b- bringing this bright,
0: almost sour taste to it. And then, wham! This caramel malt hits it. Yeah. it's mm. an aggressive hop. It's it's a it's a resinous or you know maybe caddy hop or something. So it's not what you'd expect. You know, citrusy or earthy to go with you know such a caramel profile. But it ends with a, with a deep caramel, with almost a, just a
1: slight bit of roast to it too so it's got a little bit of a a bitter caramel flavor Mm -hmm. at the end and and it's like uh, (laughs) do you remember in who framed Roger Rabbit at the very end when they had (laughs) wait just wait when they had all this guy was walking on a train all of a sudden, a train goes, boom, you know, a cartoon train goes, wham, mm-hmm. and hits it. That's sort of what it feels like. It feels like these hops are walking on a train track, and all of a sudden, this big malt train, train hits, Kareem's <laughs> the other way, and just slams that malt down, or slams that hop down. Mm-hmm. That's the image that came into my mind when I tasted this.
0: It's, it's interesting. I've never had a beer that came across quite this way, where they used such sweet, juicy malt caramel and put it with such an aggressive hop. Now, the hop level is not super high. It's just enough to hang in there, right? I mean, it's not like we're drinking, you know, something that's like a double red ale or something like that, where it's, you know, hops out your rear end, but it's, um. And the maltiness in it really prevents it from getting sticky, and you just get that malty sugariness
1: mm-hmm. at the end. So it, it's a nice balance, and I, and I really do like the way that, that that flavor transforms. The flavor just goes hoppy, and then, oh no, here comes the malt.
0: So, Duck Rabbit calls themselves the Dark Beer Specialist. And many of their beers are stouts and things like that. Porter's Stouts. They really do a lot of dark beers. Now, it's interesting that they have the Dark Beer Specialist
1: on all their labels, except the Amber Ale label. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense because it's not a dark beer. But neither is a Brown Ale. And yet... We'll see how dark it is. Well, we'll see how dark it is, yes. The Dark Beer Specialist. Now, that is... Getting a little full
0: of yourselves as you're not really the dark beer specialist, isn't it? I don't know what to say about that. We'll can you find fault, out. Can you fault them for not making the amber ale? No, I, uh, this, this amber ale <laughs> is, is is terrific. It's really good. That's what I'm saying. But if they, you know, you're you're telling them that they, if they want to stick
1: with their name, they should never make this beer again. No, I'm saying that. Can you really say you're the dark beer specialist unless you really? It, it, well, yeah, we'll try their dark beers and we'll see whether they well, are the dark beer Maybe there's specialists. like an
0: asterisk or something. and like We're the dark beer specialists except for when we want to make an amber. It, it's
1: not. I'm not I'm not <laughs> saying that they shouldn't make an amber. Era. I'm just saying that there are other beers that make
0: great dark beers, but they're mm-hmm. the dark beer specialist. Some may argue. I, I think we're in overanalyzing it. I think they intend to mean we make a lot of dark beers, a lot more than most people. I'm guessing is what. Tell that to Bells. That's what I get for trying to be supportive okay brown ale
1: brown ale now interesting thing I can find about this is they have zot's drops, uh zots dry hops in the fermenter so you don't really usually get zots hops uh, continental you know noble hop
0: in a brown ale so it says hoppy and beautifully bitter on the uh, the subtitle of the logo here.
1: 5.6% alcohol by volume. Now, North Carolina is a state that just recently, a couple of years ago, popped the caps, or was it pop? Yeah, it was pop the caps. Pop the cap, freed the hops, whatever you want to call it. They increased the alcohol by volume uh, limitation that they had, which was probably six, and now it's... It was six, and now it's 13.
0: I 13, think. so they can go into bigger beer, which is why we have some bigger beers at the end. And they've really turned into a craft beer state. I mean, they really, we've talked about this before, so I don't want to beat a dead horse, but yeah, North Carolina has certainly come around after, you know, now that they're allowed to. Um, they're in Farmville, North Carolina. I'm not sure you said the city there. So,
1: Another copperish ale, maybe slightly darker, but certainly not in the, well, I don't know. The, yours looks a little bit, well, I guess not. Against Jeff's black shirt, it looked a little bit darker, but not a super dark beer. Still in the copper range, a little bit darker than the amber, but not. Yeah, I guess it is pretty translucent. So this uses amarillo. a lot of condensation because it's very warm in here. So
0: yeah this this is hoppy for for a brown ale. I mean, when I smell it, it's like hops, hops, hops. And when you said zots, it wasn't really feeling quite right. They do use amarillo in the boil. No, that should impart mostly bitterness. Right. But I'm not smelling. Well, I could be smelling straight hot, straight zots with. Brown ale type malts because I've never had that before. Yeah, it doesn't smell so like a dry zotz hop, which yeah. is a little bit more spicy than this. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more floral. So they use seven varieties of grain in this one, and uh, yeah, amarillo in the boil and dry hopped with zots. Oh, there just got a big zots aroma
1: kick. So we'll see. Tastes like Primo Pills. <laughs> I can taste the Zots, can't you? Yeah,
0: certainly can. That's right. It, it, big big Zots blast kinda at the end. Um doesn't taste anything like a brown. ale. No. It, it tastes like a hoppy amber or something it's, it's like a, that. It's a pretty pretty bitter and hoppy beer. There is
1: more malt in the amber, considerably more mm-hmm. Well I know again,
0: the malt is coming back a little bit at the end. No, I don't want to say that this is a bad beer because it's not a brown ale. I do not want that to come across. I'm just saying, for our listeners who are looking for a starting point, don't look. No, at brown this ale. is not your typical brown ale. Yeah. Start, uh, start let's, somebody let's, off. So light. I'm going to start with hoppy amber and, and drive you home from there. So now, if you're wondering, their website is
1: duckrabbitbrewery.com. Uh, like Jeff, they don't spend a lot of time on their website, so don't look for a whole lot of <laughs> effort there. A <laughs> That's a. The malt is coming through a little bit more and more as I taste it. So it's not. Not a brown ale, but it is pretty dang hoppy. Hop heads are going to love this one just because it's got a nice <laughs> nice bouquet there, but that Zotz is, is pretty strong. Zotz is a pretty, pretty strong and spicy and, and bitter hop, and it definitely comes through. Jeff and I know a lot about Zot's house because we went to the big Zotz farm that Anheuser-Busch has up in
0: Oregon. And it was in Idaho. It was in Idaho. but And it was uh, wasn't, it was mostly heller towel. I think the Zot's was a smaller portion. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you want to start I thought it, it was that. the other way around. Very, very drinkable. Particularly
1: if you like something hoppy. It's also pretty warm here, and so it's going down nice and smooth. That's the thing. These two beers have been very smooth. They really have not been right. uh, acerbic in any way. Uh, they, have, they haven't been anything that kind of turn you
0: off. It's been a very drinkable experience so far. This one's starting to build some bitterness on my palate. So, I mean, to me, this it's a strange mix between... definitely has that Pilsner-Rest type taste to it because there's just so much zots, zots in it. It doesn't really have any Pilsner-Malt type taste, but... Has this pilsner esque type taste because of so much zass? That's most of it. I'm just trying. I'm trying to go in like where's like the the stuff that you get from brown ale. You know, the there's the a malty undertone flavors. there, but to me, especially to
1: me, after you drink it. But it is true that the zass kind of builds up a resin on your tongue, and the the resiny bitterness in a bit, a little bit, starts to overwhelm the the maltiness there.
0: Okay, so let's move on to the real dark beers. What do you say? Let's do it. Porter. Porter. Porter has oats in it to give it a,
1: they say, a subtle, round silkiness. And here's what I expect when I see a dark beer. That's a pretty dark beer. It has some brown highlights at the bottom,
0: but it's, you know, tipping 22, 24 on the SRM scale. Porter's a porter unless it's a light porter, right? Right. it's, It's a porter. I'm getting a little bit of roast, but... I should rinse my glass because I'm still smelling a lot of hops. Are you smelling a lot of hops in this one, or are you getting roast in this one? Only roast. Let me okay, roast. so maybe I'm smelling legacy hops, leftover hops, residual hops.
1: Let's give it a nice swirl. I'm getting a roast. Um,
0: just a, a, the slightest bit of like coffee there too. No, any roast. This is probably because you told me, but I, yeah, I think I smell oats in there. But I probably would have never picked that out if you didn't tell me it was oats. It's pretty subtle. Oats. oats, oatmeal. You know that creaminess. That oats, eggs. oats, Mister Ed. Mm. That's nice.
1: Still pretty hoppy. Still higher on up on the
0: IBU, but it's definitely got more upfront maltiness than the other beers, what you would expect out of a porter. First impression is the the creaminess, the silkiness from the oats definitely carry through. Well, and there's a
1: lot of chocolate at the end there. Yeah.
0: A lot of bitter chocolate. It almost has a mouthfeel that's almost nitrogenated. It's really creamy, really smooth.
1: I wouldn't call it nitrogen. I mean, the carbonation is is nice and prickly. Oh, okay. So I wouldn't say nitrogenated. But it is a little bit velvety. Okay. In its texture, which comes from the oats and Mm -hmm. comes from the...
0: I like to say sliminess. You don't like that word. I like to say the sliminess that oats provide. Oh well, no, I, I like the word slimy because I feel it's true. I just don't think it's a very uh, uh, graceful or uh, beautifying way to describe oatmeal.
1: I like slimy stuff,
0: man. Oysters are the best. Yeah, they are. And oyster is there, no really nice. There's no, there's no astringency at all I'm getting out of this beer. It's It's a really smooth drinker. Um, what's the alcohol on this one? 5.7%. Okay. That's true. You know, you you expect
1: porters to be somewhat raisiny with a little bit of a and it's really hidden. I think that the oats help that. Yeah. Uh, the bitterness probably contributes to that, too, because it is pretty bitter. I would say this is probably up in the 40 Ibu range, at least. Yeah. 40 is kind of high. At least 30. It, it's somewhere. It, it's pretty I wouldn't high. be surprised
0: if it's... Twenty-five to thirty. It's a good drinking porter, though. That's for sure. Uh, a little bit of milk chocolate type flavor in there. A little bit. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say milk chocolate. I should say chocolate mm-hmm.
1: milk. Ooh, that yeah, it really comes through, especially the end there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has as you you are know, done drinking and you let the air move over your tongue. It's when you get some of those residual flavors. And Mm -hmm. the alcohol kind of helps those residual flavors come off. And what I'm getting is chocolate and roasted chocolate and darkened chocolate. And various different types of chocolate, essentially. That's a very good porter.
0: I'm really enjoying that porter. It is pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good.
1: So our next beer... Is Duck Rabbit's Milk Stout another five point seven percent? You can see they really were pushing that six percent, and you know as long as they could. And so this is a, of course, a stout brewed lactose in order to give it a little bit of extra sweetness. Now look, this one has no head to speak of practically. Minus some, he has a little, tiny little. But the other beers had head, at
0: least a finger. Sort yeah, of. the. Uh- Milk stouts typically don't have as much head. Lactose must wreck the head retention. But think of Maccasins. I've never really had a Maccasin with a big head or anything. So So it's, it's
1: it's another dark beer. Not
0: quite black, but it's got some brown highlights at the bottom and on the sides. I'm getting a lot more roast in this one, in the aroma. A little more burnt aroma on it. I'm not sure if I'm getting sulfur or if it's the hops come playing through again. I'm not sure if it's... Do you get any sulfuriness? And if so, do you think it's the hops or do you think it's other? I processes? think what I'm smelling is hops, but the really the proof will be in the tasting. Yeah, that's how it's proven out for these beers, where the hop aroma is not huge. But in the first two beers, the hop flavor was pretty big.
1: That's a little sweet. It's a little bit on the sweet side for me, a little bit on the cloying side, I think. Not quite what I expect from a more balanced
0: milk stout, from a more balanced sweet stout. I'm not finding it cloyingly sweet. It is it is sweet. It, it's reminding me of a milkshake type thing. You know, like milk stouts typically don't come across as milky to me. I mean, they more so come across with a little bit fuller body. Kind of dry, really dry. This one's creamy. Not really getting...
1: A lot of carbonation on this one, and it's just it's it's it feels too sweet for me it feels like like it's oversweet
0: like someone dipped a couple as far as milk stouts go I like this I like this a lot it it I don't want to overuse a bunch of stuff I use from the porter but unfortunately it's striking me that way it's, it's reminding me of like Nesquik or chocolate milk there's um a powdered sugar type flavor in there with it it's uh the, the roast is... In the aroma, I thought I t- thought I smelled more roastiness, a little bit of astringency, but there's no astringency in the taste. For the second time in the
1: show, I'm reminded of a cultural
0: artifact from my childhood. In this
1: case, a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon, where Calvin talks about his cereal, or, or Hobbes looks at the breakfast cereal name, and it's something like Frosted Sugar Chewy Sugar Lumps, or something along those lines. Okay. And he says, you know... Calvin says they're pretty bland until you pour sugar on them, and that's kind of the flavor I'm getting here—just It's just an overwhelming sweetness. Too much, too much for me. Hmm. Not not hitting me the right way. Not hitting. I, I usually really do enjoy milk stouts a lot because I like that the sweetness is uh, paired very well with a little bit of bitterness and the roastiness. The roastiness and the sweetness combine pretty well. That's always been something. You know, that's why. Uh, charred beef is so good and you know that's why that mayard reaction is so good because the sweetness combined with the mm-hmm. roastiness really helps this to me is
0: just going overboard on sweetness i disagree i i think it's right in there it's sweeter than a lot of milk stouts but i'm not a huge fan of milk stouts because the um that lactose is dry is, is dry and, and kind of Uh, uh, makes the malts kind of metallic and kind of burnt at times, and this one avoids that, and I'm really enjoying this. Even if it is, it does taste a lot like a Nesquik to me, a nice sweet Nesquik, which is kind of weird for a beer. Uh, I could definitely see this pairing with some desserts of some sort, but if you thought you had it in a different experience, you know, where you have it as a dessert, is it still too sweet for you? To me, it's just just it's it's
1: a little bit overwhelmingly sweet. It was quickly compared to the other ones which were really well balanced and really had some interesting flavors going on here. This one was just kind of like, mmm, here's a table full of sugar and joy. Not quite what I was looking for. So our next and possibly final beer eleven percent a b v the duck rabbit barley wine, obviously something they can only produce until re- produce recently well within the last couple of years. There is a nice little sharp poppiness to it. Yeah, don't that, you think? that
0: it's a West Coast IPA, we know that much. Well it's a barley wine. It's a West Coast barley wine. <laughs> we know that much. Surprisingly enough, this is classified on beer
1: advocate, which of course you can never trust, but it's classified in a beer advocate as an English barley wine. Not from it doesn't the doesn't smell like it, does it?
0: <laughs> the aroma, I mean I'm thinking it smells just like Bigfoot pretty much.
1: Yeah, you know? Bigfoot was, was right in my mind when I was smelling this because it's got Really, a, a, a pretty strong, I think, Centennial
0: hump. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's not really Cascade. I think it's Centennial. It's a strong Centennial aroma on this one.
1: What's well, so the between Centennial and Cascade? Well, Cascade obviously tends to be more grapefruity. Centennial, I don't know, a bit more piney, but maybe
0: almost towards the orangey scale yeah. also. Yeah, orange, orange, pine. It's not... It, it is maltier... Than a fresh Bigfoot. Fresh Bigfoot is hop, hop, hop. It is maltier than a fresh Bigfoot, but it's still not English style barley wine.
1: No. Now, this is an American style front and, and forward. These people who put this thing up there and be advocate yeah, are crazy. Now, this duck rabbit, let me see the label here if this
0: is correct. Yes, this duck rabbit has a hat on it. He has a derby, yes. Maybe because he's English style. Or, or a bowler. Ah, yes. I, I think the the bowler or the derby is uh, an homage to the origin of the barley wine, mm. not necessarily the style of this barley wine. Because the Imperial Stout fella over here has... What are those called? That looks like a, a, a fez type thing, right? No, it's the Russian hat. It's the Russian version of a fez. It's the Russian furry hat. Yeah. yeah. It's a fez, but inver-
1: The it's bigger at the top than at the bottom. Right. Now, interestingly enough, this makes it quite
0: clearly a duck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you are correct, sir. The rabbit would... Unless he's, you know... It unless he
1: has it on his nose, right? <laughs> You're right. They're ducks. I was right. <laughs> I, well, like, I like the bitterness, okay. I, I like the sweetness that comes through too uh, it's, yeah I would call it an American all the way because the, the the thing that, that that's leaving, that's sticking on my tongue is bitterness it's just bitter, bitter, bitter
0: so this guy was probably brewed in the winter, at least that's what this website I'm looking at it leads me to believe it's brewed in the winter of 08 and uh, so it's, you know um, six months old or so and it, it, it has good balance to it. Uh, a Bigfoot, six months old, would still be very hoppy. So this one certainly has a better balance, fresher, than Bigfoot does. I think we could try the last one. Yeah, I, I think
1: so. The last one is one of Duck Rabbit's special beers. It's their Rabbit Duck, a Russian Imperial Stout at 10%. It's the only beer that has a special name. Everyone's Barley Wine or Milk Stout. Yeah, everyone porter. is just basically what the beer is, whereas this one actually has a name besides the actual style. It still has a style on it, mm-hmm. so you can tell. And I like that. I do. I like that. You know, it, it, It's better than, say, Hair the Dog, who does Fred and George and Adam. Adam. And it's like you know. Well, I like to you know uh, when I'm at a six pack place, I'm kind of like to know what it is I'm getting, and not just have to judge by the name what they expect that name to be. I mean, how do I know Fred is equal to a Barlow? wine? And in my name in my world, Fred's a brown ale, so uh, it doesn't. <laughs> you just don't know the right Fred then. Maybe not. You never met Fred Eckert, apparently. All right, that 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 had a little bit of kick in in the nose, almost a little
0: bit of. Uh, cayenne <laughs> really see I, I'm having a time getting past I'm smelling a lot of nail polish removal or a bunch of acetone type of aromas on it high maybe alcohol. that's what I'm smelling
1: yeah that is what I'm smelling high alcohol so yeah it's high, high alcohol and it's just that you know that, that burning and that's why I smell cayenne burning pepper, something like <laughs> it burning so it, it, it's the alcohol is coming right off this Ugh, wow that's that's strong
0: yeah if you breathe it, like take a really slow aroma, you get a little bit of vanilla out of it, but it's still. When we say taste hot, we mean it has fusel alcohols in it, which means they're they're not the pleasant type of alcohol. Right, it's kind of like uh,
1: a a cheap hard liquor. Yeah, where you get a lot of that alcohol taste, kind of that Everclear type grain alcohol. Direct taste instead of the flavors. you when It really hits want.
0: your throat. You kind of you know makes you almost want to cough a little bit. You know, just clear out the throat a little bit. And it's not the smoothest drinking.
1: Flavor. No, I would say that there 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 are plenty of other imperial stouts that I would take over this one, just because this one really, like you said, it's very hot, uh, and the hotness is really obscuring all the other obscuring all the other flavors. And I still get
0: the other flavors. I mean, there's some roast. There's a little, some dark fruit. Get some pl- uh, plums in there. Not it's mostly plums and and just kind of dark roastiness. There's no chocolate or anything that I'm really picking out.
1: a little bit of sweetness, hoppiness is there too, but it's still hop
0: I mean you know I can feel it out, of my, out of my gums. I can feel the alcohol that cherry sweetness was in the amber. I'm tasting a very similar flavor carrying through this. It's almost like oxidation sweetness but, but a lot but better. It's not that cardboard sherry ick. But it's very similar to that. I don't think this is oxidized, but it's a very similar flavor. I'm not
1: nearly as impressed with their higher alcohol beers as I am with their lower alcohol beers. I really think that, you know, they've had a lot of time mm-hmm. to perfect their lower alcohol beers and uh, you know, with the exception of the milk stout, obviously in my case. But the higher ones the barley balan was okay. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't fantastic. And this one just, you know, it pales in comparison to a lot of Imperial Stouts out there. I just think it's, you know, they just need more time to, to, to perfect their recipe.
0: I was at the Church Brew Works on Saturday, and they had just tapped their Coconut Stout. It's good stuff, man. I've had the, the Maui Coconut Porter before, and that's good. And I until I have them side by side, I, I still think the Maui's probably better. But... uh if you have some time and you get down to the church after work or something, check out the coconut stout. It's not too far from me. I know. things. I brought a growler home, and I can barely taste the coconut when I got home. Really? So I'm not... I'm almost to the point where I thought maybe they poured me the wrong beer for the growler. And then I, I finally convinced myself that there was coconut in there. But when I had it at the brewery, the first sip was like... Stout, but the aftertaste was, like, almond joy, coconut. It's like (laughs) coconut, coconut, coconut. You may be saying to yourself, well, I don't like coconut.
1: And you know what? I never really – I don't like dry coconut. I can tell you that much. The dry stuff that they put in, like, candy bars Mm -hmm. doesn't really appeal to me. However, there's there's a place near where I work that sells young coconuts. While they're a pain to get into, that juice inside is absolutely incredible. And oh, yeah. delicious. And then the stuff inside, you can sort of scrape the inside and it's says soft. Uh, a little bit rubbery, but delicious, like, skin of the coconut. I oh, do they the- call it? The meat. Meat of the coconut. But it's sort of, like, skin-like because it's a little okay. rubbery. And uh, it is r- just Incredibly delicious for somebody who doesn't like coconut. Gotcha. So I mean, so it must be incredible. It must be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly delicious for somebody who likes coconut. I,
0: I think I've had fresh coconut meat before. I'm not sure. I'll bring one for you next time. Hmm. That works.
1: It, from what I've heard, it's like it's the ultimate sports drink because it's like the same consistency as blood plasma, and it's it's just oh, yeah. got all these great vitamins. I in it. Coconut milk would dehydrate you or something. It's
0: like not that. coconut milk. It's coconut oh. juice. Oh, is there, there's a difference?
1: Yeah, it's oh. it's the water inside the coconut as opposed to coconut milk, which is mixing the coconut solids with uh it's like blending them and I think maybe No, I more.
0: thought if you were just stranded on a desert island it was not safe to drink just the coconut milk or something like that. The coconut juice Les Stroud tells me that's not true. Oh, okay. I miss that one. But you can just hollow
1: them out and cut rainwater rainwater if you want. I mean you can always do that. If you're stranded on a desert island, I assume it's going to rain a lot. Well, if it's a desert island, it's not. But uh, Tropical it's a, island, yes. Yeah, tropical island, yes.
0: All right. So let's not get too far off topic. Let's wrap this puppy up. Uh, ranking time. Oh, boy. All right. So here's what I got going on. Top three really close. Almost a toss-up. But I am going to put... I'm going to put the Milk Stout number one. And Greg's probably shocked because he didn't like it very much. But uh, I, I really like the creaminess of the Milk Stout. Absolutely shocked. I just dug it. Dug it, dug it, dug it. Number two, the Porter. Very similar beer. Um, creamy Porter with no astringency. Got to like that. You know, I'm thinking back to some of my favorite Porters all time, like Great Lakes and, and Sierra Nevada Porter, Anchor Porter. Uh, Anchor's a different kind of style. It's a really reasony one. But... You know this one's up there. This one gives me what I want without any of the the parts that aren't as that I don't like as much. You know that astringency. Uh, number three, the amber ale, that cherry multi crazy concoction of hops and cherries and malt. It was there's no cherries in the beer, but cherry flavor in the malt. Um, number four, I'm gonna put the barley wine. It was very well done, nice balance, very good. I think the top three were a little bit higher. And then the next two are uh, the brown ale was just kind of weird, super hoppy, amber. Tasted like a wasn't, wasn't your typical brown ale. I don't. I'm not penalizing it because it wasn't a brown ale. But while it was but interesting, you hmm?
1: but you are a bit.
0: I'm not. No. If it was labeled continental hoppy amber i'd still rank it fifth <laughs> it just uh it was interesting and then i got put the imperial stout last that just wasn't very good it was too hot
1: okay my my view is going to differ from yours i'm gonna put the amber ale first i think it was the first beer we had and it would really set the tone for the night and it had it's really pretty hoppy amber ale but uh that image to me, that train <laughs> slicing through, it, it just—I it, still feel it, and and I, and I love that that image. I love that feeling. I think I'm going to go with the brown ale next. I really did enjoy the the brown ale, even though it wasn't your typical brown ale. But I like the hoppiness to it, and I like the the the, the bitter accent to it. So probably going to go with the yeah, the porter third, the porter. Like you said, it was very good. Had the elements of a porter that you want, with a bit of extra hoppiness to it, a bit of uh, some some good uh, some good bits to it. Very very nice, very uh, very drinkable porter. Fourth, I got the barley wine, which was, despite the bowler hat, not very English style, but American. But also had some you know some nice maltiness at the end. Uh, I'm going to go with the imperial stout, second to last. Because of the fusel alcohol levels, because it's pretty high, in that hot alcohol, where that is not really what you want out of an imperial stout. And mm-hmm. then last, just the milk stout was pretty much undrinkable to me. Unfortunately, I know you really loved it. <laughs> to me, I just you know I couldn't
0: take it. I wonder if I subconsciously ranked it so high because I knew you hated it so much. I don't know.
1: You're just mad at me <laughs> that must for be for, for all the you know for for, <laughs> for all the the crap I've given you today
0: yeah no i'm not mad i don't think i am at least not consciously but i enjoyed mad. it i i could just see that going great with i'm not sure what kind of dessert off the top of my head extra like sugar extra sugar yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> something with lots of confectioner sugar
1: tiramisu you know covered with some yes. confectioner sugar and then yes. maybe have some gelato put on there some e- pistachio gelato on e- top exactly See, you're joking, but yes.
0: Maybe not the pistachio <laughs> gelato. I don't know if that would go well with it, but... Yeah, definitely the tiramisu with the milk stout. Hell yeah. All right.
1: So that's it for Craft Beer Radio, the show where we taste beers and tell you what we're tasting.
0: I don't know if that's the best slogan or not, it doesn't but... doesn't make it very exciting. No, but it is what we do. It's very, very true. It's, it's scathingly true. Please. Yes. It's a scandal almost. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are you can't hear.